What's going on gamers? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer. Thank you for joining me for this special episode of Graveyard Gaming. What makes it special? Well, this is coming out on Black Friday, and that is the typical time of year that I usually ask for games to be under the Christmas tree because, hey man, nothing beats those Black Friday deals. So I want to take time today to talk about what games am I hoping to see under the Christmas tree this year. Plus, I want to look back over the last couple years. Ever since I started this podcast back in 2019, I've done one of these episodes. So I want to look at the games that I'd asked for and which of those games was actually my favorite of those under the tree gifts, if you will. So with that being said, let's talk about what do I want under the tree for Christmas 2022. So gamers, let me just say when it comes to Christmas this year, it's a little bit different. Like I'm not going to ask for a ton of games and I'm honestly not going to expect a ton of games off this list either only because I'm kind of trying to change the way I do things. Ultimately, in the past, I have, you know, asked for a bunch of games, and then I have four or five games going into the new year, and then, you know, it never fails that there's games coming out in spring that I want to get to, but I have these other games to play, and it just keeps going on and on and on. So this year, I'm actually asking for less, because let's be real, this spring is loaded. We have Forspoken, we have Harry Potter, we have Dead Space, we have Assassin's Creed Mirage, we have Like a Dragon Engine. I mean, those are just the ones we know about. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, I mean, there's just so many. So I don't want to ask for too much because I don't want to start to build another backlog or to feel swamped with, you know, things that I have got versus things that are coming out. So this year, I'm going to keep it a little bit more selective. Some of these games I might actually pick up before Christmas as well, but let's just look at this list. Number one on the list is Plague's Tale Requiem. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I do want to pick this game, though. It could end up being a Christmas gift, but it's just that game that I want to play around Christmas time, maybe a little bit after. It's definitely going to be the follow-up, the major follow-up to God of War, because I am just super stoked for this. I love Plague's Tale Innocence. I played through it on the PS5 last year, and it was my 2021 game of the year. That's how much I love it. I actually gave it a perfect 10. So I'm very excited to see where the story goes. I've heard good things about the story. I've seen so many great screenshots that just make the game look beautiful. And I just love that relationship. I, you know, I talked about how important story is to gaming. And then, you know, you always have the gameplay, the graphics, fun factor, all that. But the first game had such a great story that it just really connected with me. That even though the game was very stealth-like and very little action, some trial and error in some parts, I was able to look past any annoyances I had and ultimately just thoroughly love my time with it so i'm excited to see where this story takes it how dark it gets because i'm told it gets pretty dark so that is definitely the number one game i am looking forward to getting under my christmas tree now on top of that i have to go with gotham knights i'll be honest with you i know gotham knights kind of had like a little eh, when it was getting ready to come out and then people got upset because it didn't have enough frames per second or whatever they were griping about but what's funny is the more and more people play it the more and more the reputation for the game goes up. The more and more I'm hearing how fun it is, the more and more I hear, yes, you know, it's not what we had with the Arkham games previously, but it's actually really fun. It actually carves its own place out. It stands by itself and has a lot of fun and variety with the four different characters. I've heard there are some issues with the fact that the combat is not as great, so therefore it almost feels repetitive at times, but there's just so many options, how to do things, such cool stories and bosses and little mini uh, cases if you will side content that it just seems like there's a lot of fun packed into this game plus me and Hulk and Yoda my good friend over at Lost at Sea Gaming we've talked about this game a lot and how we love the fact that the developers sat there and said hey let's pack a whole lore into this let's kind of rewrite what we've kind of established here in gaming because this is their own thing this doesn't connect to the Arkham games but they kind of wanted it to 
to to feel like it's its own thing as well. Like you could start this game, you could start playing it, and you can get this history of Gotham itself. We know the Court of Owls is heavily involved in this game. And personally, if you've ever read that storyline, I could tell you that was one of my favorite Batman stories of the last probably decade. So definitely has me excited. Plus, I mean, honestly, you know, Batgirl, that's cool. But to play as Robin as like his own, that's kind of cool. But come on, man, Nightwing, that's awesome. And Red Hood, oh man, like granted, I, I don't understand the magic powers he has, but at the same time, like Red Hood, Nightwing, those are some awesome characters. Batgirl, Robin, those are really cool as well. So I'm just very excited to see what they do with the Bat family. I just think that where I was kind of like, eh, for the longest time on this game, as it got close to release, I was like, okay, maybe. And now I'm just like, yeah, please. I definitely, definitely want to play that game. But there's one game that I have to play, and that is Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. See, the thing about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is the fact that I loved Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. I loved X-Men Legends 1 and 2 before it. However, Ultimate Alliance 3 was only released on the Switch in 2019, and that was disappointing. Well, recently, I've gotten a Switch over the last year. I've got about three games. I've got Breath of the Wild, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Mario Odyssey. And I've loved my time with all three games. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 just keeps ringing out like, dude, you got to play this game. And I want to. I know the reviews weren't amazing. I know it didn't light the world on fire. People were like, oh my God, you know. But I also know that it was pretty solid. And it looked a lot like, hey, if you liked Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, this is that same vein. Not sure why they only released it on Switch at that point. But it doesn't matter. I have the option to play it. I want to play it. Guys, these games are like the ultimate toy box. You have all these major superheroes that you can combine up in teams. You can combine and do team moves. I, this is the stuff you want to do. Plus, it's loosely kind of based on Thanos and trying to get the Infinity Stones and all of that fun stuff. But it's not tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, some of the characters are in there because people know them and they're popular from that. But we also got the X-Men in this game. I'm a huge Wolverine fan. So I can't wait to play this game because to me... I just think it looks amazing. I think it looks so much fun. Uh, I love the fight scene. It looks like you have a big fight on the X-Mansion, and that right there has me jacked up for it. I can't wait to play it. So this one definitely is going on the under-the-tree Christmas list because I can't help but go, man. I missed out on it a couple years ago. Wasn't able to play it last year. I'm trying to rectify that this year. So finally, guys, I was thinking about adding another game, but I think I'm going to keep it at that tight three-game request, right? Like... If I don't get all of those games, that's fine. Because again, I don't want to get myself in a situation where the backlog starts piling up. I'd rather just wait and instead of adding Sniper Elite 5 or Saints Row on there, wait till later on when I know I have time to play those games and jump on them. But looking at that list, Plague's Tale Requiem, Gotham Knights, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, I think that is a great mix of games. I think none of those games are going to play alike. And I think it allows me to really kind of enjoy not only the PS5, but my Switch. And I don't think any of those games are actually going to be super long anyway. So I think it's a perfect Christmas list to request to hopefully see those games under my Christmas tree. So gamers, since I gave you the list of games I'd like to get under the Christmas tree this year, I thought I'd go back to my previous years that I've been doing the show, asking for games under the Christmas tree, and talk about which ones were my favorite. So if we go all the way back to 2019, the first year I did this, I'd ask for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And I got to tell you, I loved that game. It was so... I cannot wait for Jedi Survivor when it comes out next year in 2023. However, let's break that down. Jedi Fallen Order was just fantastic. I mean, graphically, it was super impressive. I need to do the update to see what it looks like on PS5. But I got to say, on a base model PS4, I was blown away. 
Look, I've talked about it before. It's not just the amount of polygons and how sharp things are. Sometimes it's the art style you use. And this game really embraced the Star Wars lifestyle. Each planet you went to was just its own unique beauty. There was so much cool stuff to see. Some of the places kind of reminded me of like when you see in episode one and they go in the big forest and at the same time they're under the water. You don't really go under the water in this game that I remember. I could be wrong, but it's like that almost like that hidden city. In this game, you're going into different places where you're climbing these giant trees and there's giant Venus fly traps and all that. Like to me, it's just this extra added level to science fiction. The games can do that. The movies really haven't done a ton of, right? I thought that was fantastic. On top of that, the combat was just so buttery smooth. Like there was just so much there. I gotta say, one of the best moments in gaming history, one of the best things you can do in any game is to sit there and when one of the stormtroopers shoot at you, you freeze the bolt. Then you Jedi grab the stormtrooper and pull him into the blast midair. I, I think that's fantastic. And that's not something you do in a cutscene. That's not something you have to unlock. That is just your moves. You can do that whenever. I thought that was great. I mean, there's not only just spinning your lightsaber and like knocking the, you know, the blast back, but just all the different things you could do, pulling ropes to you, vines, whatever it may be. It just made it feel like, wow, like I feel like a Jedi playing this game. And look, I'm not the biggest Star Wars movie fan. I do enjoy them, but this game got me so tied into it that I had to sit there and go watch all the Star Wars movies again, just because it was like, this is great. This is awesome. So I love that game. I thought the story was per setting it between episode three and episode four was perfect because I think that's like that time that even if you're not a big Star Wars fan like myself, you know that's when Darth Vader's kind of like a shadow over the galaxy, right? And in this game, they used him perfectly. They kept him in the shadows until the very end, but you were always afraid he would show up. So definitely a great Star Wars game and a great game for this list. Now, the other game that I got that year was WWE 2K20. I'm not going to lie. It's not a contention for being the best game of that Christmas tree list because ultimately that game just wasn't that good. I've talked about it. I got my reviews out there. It was too buggy, too glitchy. It caused all kind of setbacks, all kind of harm to 2K and to its product. But we know they've rebounded with WWE 2K22. So we're going to move past that. What other games did I get for 2019? Well, I got Judgment. And I got to tell you something. I'm a big Yakuza fan. Judgment was absolutely awesome. It's a side game. Set in the same world, you're going to do a lot in Camarocho. It's going to feel very similar, the combat styles, whatnot. However, the thing that it does differently is you're a detective. So there's no sub-stories, there's side cases. And even in the main story, you're going to have to pay attention because there's going to be moments where you have to put clues together. So if you're just kind of going through the story, you're not focused, when you get to some pieces, yeah, you can look at the different clues, but it's almost like they built in this intuition, right? This isn't a gameplay mechanic, but this is just following the story of the characters to be like, okay, this seemed right, but I feel like I'm going to go with my gut on this. And sometimes that's the better way to go. So I absolutely love Judgment. I thought it was fun. If you're a fan of the Yakuza franchise and you haven't tried Judgment or Lost Judgment, I definitely think you should try it out. Finally, the game that was also on my list was Yakuza Kiwami 2. It is no surprise that I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that was my favorite game under the Christmas tree that year because of the fact that that is actually my favorite game in the Yakuza series. Everything about that game is dang near perfection. The way you level up, the way you unlock moves, the way you can work with your inventory system, the way they redefine that, the way you can just do all the different things in this game is perfect. I mean, it's just flawless. I love it. On top of that, you have probably my favorite story of the franchise. And it works so well because one, 
Kiru has kind of a love interest. Now, you're never going to act on that, but you can definitely see this female detective and Kiru having a connection. Then you have the typical deep, complex, very, you know, multi-layered overall storyline that sees the Korean mafia involved and how that ties in the title's main antagonist, which I think he's probably the best of the entire franchise. And that says a lot because there's a lot of great ones, but where a lot of them are scheming and they can hold their own in a fight. This guy is not just mentally, but he's also physically imposing to Kiru, and I absolutely loved it. I think he's a villain, but most fans of the series would say they really like the guy and they wish he would come back. So, a lot of fun. It, yeah, like I said, that by far was my favorite game from 2019. So, let's move to 2020. And in 2020, I'd asked for a few games. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Look, I love this game. I absolutely do. I was hoping to get a review for you last year. didn't work out. Maybe it will come sooner than later. But either way, I thought this was great. Like, nostalgia is a funny thing. Nostalgia will make you think you can go pick up a PlayStation 1 game and play it and love it. And the truth of the matter is, if you go pick up that game, you're probably going to look at it like, ooh. You'll probably try to control it and be like, what is going on with the controller? Look, over the years, we've had so much refinement. And you're talking 20-plus-year-old games. So to sit there and play the game... When they came out, this full remake, it was like, wow, this is nostalgia. This is the way to experience the nostalgia where it's fully rebuilt. I am all for remakes. I, I know that a lot of people are very upset that we're getting a lot of remakes. But look, I'm the type of guy that's going to say, look, I may have closed the book. I may have finished that game years ago. But the option to go back to these games being fully rebuilt for today's technology, I'm all for it, man. If developers can do it without sacrificing new projects, hey, bring it on, right? This was amazing. One and two were great. I think the only thing I had against them is, and this is just a personal thing. Back in the day, I could beat those games because all I had was schoolwork, right? You know, you go home, you go to school. You didn't really even have a ton of games at that point. So you could put everything into unlocking enough points to unlock the next levels. As an adult playing these games, both Tony Hawk 1 and 2, I've gotten to, I think, 8 out of 10 levels. The problem is I just can't do enough to get enough points to unlock level 9 or 10. It's like I'm just kind of stuck there. And I look back at some of the goals you got to do, some of the objectives, and I'm like, I don't know that I can pull those off. So I would have liked it if it was a little more kind of user-friendly, right? Like maybe both games, as you unlock objectives for one, you can use those to unlock levels for two and vice versa. You know, since it's one whole package, I think that would be cool. But that's not to say just the graphics in and of themselves in that game are just on another level. I love it. Man, mm, so great. I hope we get a new Tony Hawk game soon. And, and maybe we will. We'll see. Another game that I got in 2020 was Kingdom Hearts 3. And I got to tell you something. That game was kind of disappointing. I played that late last year. And ultimately, combat-wise, I thought it was fine. I thought graphically it was really good. The problem I had with some of the worlds I was a little uninspired with, if that makes sense. The Toy Story is really disappointing. Big Hero 6 was cool, but it kind of felt empty. That's just one of the games that the story just kept interrupting to the point that you couldn't enjoy the game because another cutscene. And then you'd go a little bit more in another cutscene. And I'm not saying it was like that throughout the entire game. It's just it happened a little bit more than I was comfortable with, and especially at the end. Like, the end is just kind of supposed to wrap up this storyline, and it's just not making sense because, A, they're referring to games that I hadn't played. Now, you're like, well, dude, that's on you. I got it, but I've played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. This is 3. The side games for the PSP and the DS, like I don't think they should be that heavily factored 
into the main game. I've talked about that. Like most people buy one and two. They don't buy the side games, the mobile games, the, you know, DS and PSP games. Like it just doesn't happen. So I kind of thought that was kind of a hindrance to the story, especially since that was so impactful. And then because they didn't kind of give any backstory, like if they would have kind of given you some kind of overview, if there was an option to watch a movie kind of putting that together or whatever it may have been, so you would understand it, it would have been different, but they didn't. So they harp on this stuff and you're going, what are you even talking about? I have no idea what's going on. So for me, the ending was kind of ruined because the whole last stage of the game, which is a couple hours, was just, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just running around in okay combat. The combat is not like amazing. It's not bad by any means. It's really enjoyable. But it just overall just left me going, eh, to the point that they've announced Kingdom Hearts 4, they've shown it off, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not that hyped for it. Maybe my hype will come back when I see it, but you know when something's handled like that, you kind of can't help but go, ah, I don't know, I'm a little hesitant to jump back into that world. Now, the next one is Watch Dogs Legion, and I got to say, that was another great one. You can check out my review, just the same on this podcast. Look, I couldn't get into Watch Dogs 1 when I tried it back in the day. I couldn't get into it when I tried it this year. Watch Dogs 2, the demo didn't really do anything for me. But Watch Dogs 3, the gimmick to that game really had me interested. And when I asked for this game, I still only had a PS4, but I loved the idea of just finding random people in the world and recruiting them and then switching whenever. Now, the awesome part is my wife was able to get me a PS5 before I started this game. Then I got to use that SSD and actually really use the quick instant you know switching between your characters and that was fantastic i think if i was playing on a base model ps4 and having to take you know 30 seconds to a minute to load between characters i think that would have affected the fun of it but on the next gen systems that quick loading was amazing and look let's just break it down past that the world itself i thought was gorgeous the gameplay was a lot of fun and i actually really enjoyed the story i enjoyed as well, the different characters all kind of being different. Now, they could have used different voice actors because I felt like there was four in the game and they just kind of changed the pitch and the tone of the voice over and over again. Like It was really weird at some points. But I ultimately liked it, man. I had a lot of fun with it to the point that that is one of those games that I could see me going back and getting the platinum. It was just an extremely enjoyable game. And we don't get a lot of games set in London anyway, so even that was different and unique about it. I love the hacking aspect. Like All of those things made me go, okay, cool. I'm ready to start Watch Dogs 1. Unfortunately, when I tried it almost a year later, I just just couldn't get into it. But Watch Dogs Legion to me is just fantastic. Now, the final game that I got under the Christmas tree that year was the Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 collection. And I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. First off, Yakuza 3, my second favorite Yakuza of all time. So that's already a big boon for it. And I will say that it didn't matter Yakuza 4 or 5, 3, whatever, they all looked really good. Like these were only remasters, but they took care. Like they didn't give them the Kwame treatment where they remade them. No, but they made sure that everything played well. They made sure that they looked good. They were upscaled. Even playing on a PS5, it just looked good. They played well. Like I loved it. Didn't have any glitches, any bugs, any of the stuff that sometimes you actually get with remasters. I didn't get that with these. So great package, great stuff. The only thing is, and you can check out my reviews for each of these games, minus Yakuza 4, unfortunately I did not do a Yakuza 4 review, is 4 and 5 kind of disappointed me a little bit. I I think that's kind of when they started trying to really push the multiple protagonists, but they just didn't have it fine-tuned as they did when they got to Yakuza 0. And some of the stuff just didn't flow as well, and I liked it. But that being said, I absolutely loved Yakuza 3, so 
where Yakuza 4 and 5 might have dipped down into the 8s, maybe 7, 7, 5. I don't, you know, you'd have to check my reviews out. I definitely think Yakuza 3 pulled it back up because that was just such a fantastic game. But the thing that it did that the other two didn't is it just focused on Kiru. And it kind of was able to tell that solid, steady story versus trying to tell it from multiple protagonists, which is what you got with 4 and 5. So definitely love that package. But at the end of the day, oh man, it's a tough call, which is my favorite game in 2020. When I when I got these lists, it, you know, it's tough. It really is because Yakuza 3 was so fantastic. And I can't hold Yakuza 4 and 5 back because they're still solid games. But I got to say, I'm going to go out and limb here and i'm going to say Watch Dogs legion because when you look at it as a complete package right that game itself what i bought was fantastic and i loved it from start to finish the yakuza collection three four and five loved three and then four and five had kind of different varying results so i'm going to give it to Watch Dogs legion and finally 2021 what did i ask for under my christmas tree last year well I asked for Lost Judgment. I told you how much I love Judgment. Lost Judgment takes everything you do in Judgment and cranks it up a notch or two. First off, the story, I'm not going to lie, this one kind of threw me. Like You spend a lot of time in a school, like a high school, and I'm going, when is this going to pick up? And when it does, it's like, oh my word, how did they go there in this game? It was just so well done. I thought the side cases were better done. I thought the money in the game was better as well. Because in the first game, they want you to be kind of like broke all the time but that kind of hinders you right this game money is more available it's easier to kind of deal with it kind of takes some of that burden off and just allows you to enjoy the game world in fact i'm still going into that world as i'm trying to do not only the side cases that are in this game but the schools which are like side cases on steroids because they're involved they're deep and they're a lot of fun so i keep working both of those everything about the game is awesome the graphics are just beautiful i am loving this game the storyline though was fantastic you can check out my review as well pretty much every game that i'm going to talk about there is a review for also i asked for yakuza like a dragon and i gotta tell you i love like a dragon i got my review out obviously i talked about my yakuza franchise episode but here's the thing man i mean this took yakuza and made it turn-based but it didn't feel like you lost the yakuza part of yakuza like it was fantastic I love the new protagonist. I love the party you had. There was just so much fun about it. Just gorgeous game. So that's another game that I've kind of, what I talked about with Watch Dogs Legion, talked about going back and getting the platinum. I can't swear I'm going to do that for Like a Dragon because there's a lot of grinding to get that. But it's a game that I can see me dipping back in and out of for a while. I also asked for Far Cry 6 and I have to tell you, Far Cry 6 was slightly disappointing as a Far Cry game. Ultimately, I love the storyline. I thought that was great. I thought the gameplay mechanics itself was really well done. I liked having your own bases. I thought it was kind of a cool switch when you got to your base. It would go from first person to third person. I thought that was interesting. I liked the way the perks worked. But what made it disappointing? What is it that I felt was just kind of like, ugh? That is the world. The world itself. Because to me, the Yakuza games always have their own style when it comes to the world. They always have their one thing that you go man like i was just walking and i saw this thing in the distance and it was just the way the landscape was and i was like wow that's amazing far cry 6 i believe they go out of the way to make things beautiful it's a gorgeous game but there's nothing that stands out there's no landscapes that really make me go this is awesome i mean it just generally looks like one island all the way through and i know you're like well it's an island and i get that but yakuza to me has always had the best gaming worlds just to walk around and look around. Just the beauty of it. The handcraftedness. This one kind of seemed like they needed to get a Far Cry game out. So they 
just made a level and, and went with it. Like they didn't really try to make anything different from one area to the next. So that kind of hindered it. Plus it was kind of one of the games this year that really made me go, okay, developers, do we need to have 400 of the same activity? Like if you don't need that, can we just make a smaller map? Like I, I don't think people are going to be turned off when you're like, hey, Far Cry is, you know, 10 kilometers square versus, you know, 20 kilometers square. I don't know. You know, I don't know how big it is or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, I definitely think that the activities were overboard. It kind of felt like it was unneeded at times, but story-wise, gameplay-wise, it's a ton of fun. It's a really good game. And finally, I'd ask for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and I gotta tell you something. I thought that game was great. I mean, that game is just one of the best PS5 games that have come out. It makes great use of the SSD. The combat, the dual sins, everything is just fantastic, and Hey, you guys can check it out. I fell in love with Ratchet & Clank only two years ago. It was the first time I'd ever played a Ratchet & Clank game, and I loved it. It was the remake from 2016. So going into this game, I was like, man, I hope it holds up. You know, I hope they don't let me down with, with this version. And it was, it did not. It was so good. I mean, just gorgeous. I love doing the side stuff. I got the platinum in the game. There was just so much about that game I loved. You know, I hope we get another Ratchet & Clank game sooner than later. So what was my favorite one from last year? Well, it's none of those games. I saved it for last, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Ladies and gentlemen, Guardians of the Galaxy was just amazing. I talked about it a couple weeks ago in my Unexpected Games. It just was... I was expecting it to be good. It was the one I was probably most interested. It was one that I started right on Christmas. But it was the game that, to me, it's like I had expectations to be an 8.5, and it was better than that. You know, if I didn't do a review for that game, unfortunately... So if I was going to review that game, I mean, it would be in the nines. It was just so awesome. Graphically gorgeous. Storyline, way better than it had any right to be, right? It was just so good. Control-wise, I loved it. I love the fact that you only played a Star-Lord, but you could still kind of control and do teamwork with your team. I love the way they had each had their own character, like each teammate. And they, you know, had these little bickerings with each other, but then they all got back together as a team and it didn't feel forced and it didn't feel like the same thing we've seen over and over again. By F Guardians of the Galaxy was my favorite game that I played from those list of games. And to be honest with you, if I'm looking down at all the games that I had gotten under the Christmas tree, for me, Guardians of the Galaxy was just the pinnacle. And trust me, as I played it earlier this year, as I'm looking ahead at God of War Ragnarok, those are probably going to be the two games that I have to decide which one did I like more. So if you were to ask me, though, between 19, 20, and 21, what was my favorite game under the Christmas tree? That is a tough and it really is going to come down to Guardians of the Galaxy and Yakuza Kwame 2. But I've got to give the slight edge to Yakuza Kwame 2 because, to be honest with you, going into Kwame 2, I was kind of burned out on the franchise. Just being real. I could have easily stepped away and not played any more of them. I had loved Yakuza 0, I had loved Kwame, and I had loved Judgment, but I felt like after playing those three, I was kind of good. That game sat there for a couple months before I started it because I was just like, I just, I just don't know. And when I started it, it revigorated my love for that franchise. So bar none, favorite game under the Christmas tree since 2019 has been Yakuza Kiwami 2. Gamers, hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, you might be saying, whoa, where's the graveyard shift? And you're right, I don't have one. But that's because I'm actually spending some quality time with the family, so I didn't have time to actually play any games nor actually put a graveyard shift out there. So 
when I get back to it next week, we will have a lot to discuss because I'm sure that I'm going to be really deep into some more God of War, maybe some other stuff. But with that being said, I'd love to know your thoughts on the games that I got under the Christmas tree the last few years and the games that I'm requesting this year. Have you played Gotham Knights? Have you played Plague's Tale or Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and you want to tell me, yeah, put that on the list or no, dude, that game sucks? Let me know. TheGraveyardGamerGmail.com TheGraveyardGamer on Instagram or TheGraveyardG on Twitter. Until next time, I'll be creeping around the graveyard.